Hey, Barry. Hey, Katie. Hi. Um, so I have another pirate fact for you. This might be a, a more well-known one. It's not as Lay obscure. Lay it on me. But do you know why pirates wore eye patches? Uh, is it because they had trouble with one of their eyes? Like they were missing an eye? No. No. no, I mean, obviously that would have been, but what they do is um, they would put an eye patch on one eye and if they were fighting above deck, um, they would have an eye that was adjusted to the light. And if they had to suddenly fight below deck, they could switch the patch and <gasps> that light was adjusted to the darkness. No. Yeah. Oh my it's God. That's so smart. I love it. It's very smart. Oh my God. I know. I love that. These were intelligent people. I, well, might not very. have been learned but they were extremely intelligent i mean they had to be right they had to survive so they that's were right. very very well adapted to what they were doing yeah i think that's really cool Hello and welcome to the Gentleman Pirates Library, a podcast covering every episode of the Mac show, Our Flag Means Death. I'm Katie. And I'm Mary. And today we're going to be taking a deep dive into season two, episode three, The Innkeeper, aka the one where they should have played Unknown by Hosier. (laughs) Which I don't get that reference, but I'm going to go listen to that song. Uh, It is going to break you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, this episode already did. (laughs) I was going to say, honestly, my only general impressions for this uh, episode is that it broke me. Like, that's it. I have no more comments. <laughs> no further comments. <laughs> it's oh gosh. Like everything that's happened has led up to this episode. And when I said in the first episode of season two that if this was all I was given, I was happy with it, this is what I meant. Is yeah. Um the the reunion, even though it's not a reunion, and I know that we're gonna have to go through some grief when there's some, you know, reckoning to be had mm-hmm. to yeah, to sure. actually re you know reunite. Yeah. But they were physically apart and getting them physically reunited was so important to me. And even if Ed didn't wake up, the closure that this gave me mm. was beautiful. Like the fairy tale nature of it and steed becoming a merman and um him (laughs) i'm already getting really emotional but him saying you're safe i'm here now i'll never leave you again Mm -hmm. like it it was so beautiful like he doesn't just like (laughs) oh my boyfriend like they are so deeply in love they yeah. are so deeply in love, and it's it's beautiful. It's just so beautiful. I just oh, oh. my god, I'm gonna need to go get a Kleenex. <laughs> so I'm gonna be sniffling the entire recording now. I'm gonna you cut out as cry. many sniffles as many sniffles as I can. I will cut out in editing. Thank you.
I appreciate that. I've never actually recorded a whole episode while crying, so this will be an interesting <laughs> recording. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right. Are we ready to dive into the episode? Let's do it. Um, All right. I don't think I'll ever be ready, but we're going to have to. Yeah, I know. We have to. We just have to get it over with. Like, let's just get this done. Okay. Quick note, everyone, that uh, this episode contains some really dark themes and there's some personal stories that have been drawn upon uh, from your hosts that might be a little bit triggering. So please uh, guard yourself and take a break if you need to. We have this amazing cold open where Zheng Yi's crew are, I guess, like doing a fuckery, right? Like they're taking mm. over another pirate ship and it's pretty easy. Uh, the captain of the ship says that he's going to shoot himself, but he wants to look at the captain of the ship that took them over in the eye before he does, right? Like it's very dramatic. I like how she's like, this is so passe. Like they uh, all do this. <laughs> embarrassingly so. Yeah. <laughs> she's, uh, she's great. And first, he thinks that it's Steed, who's the captain, you know, the white man. And then he thinks mm. it's Alu, the black man. And then he's very surprised to find out that it's actually Zheng Yi. And she goes, hi, I know it's been a day. Culturally, this must be very hard for you. And like she says it in this perfect mix of HR rep and pre-K teacher voice, which like for me really speaks to how women speak to men in order not mm. to be called bitches, right? And yeah. like mm -hmm. it's it's just so like just the delivery of it speaks to me in a way that like no other explicit line possibly could have. So yeah. congrats on that. Amazing. I love her. This is, I, I'm conflicted with her because at the end, they're obviously very uh, much opposed to her because mm -hmm. they, they've betrayed her. So I, but I love her. I yeah. absolutely love her. It's going to be hard for me to hate her mm -hmm. and her be like the enemy. And mm -hmm. I, I, you know, and who knows, they're going to obviously subvert my expectation. So, you know, they're, they may not play it as she's actually the enemy. She's angry at them, but she mm -hmm. might, you know. She might be chill still, but I really love the way she handles things. And obviously, yeah. like, to be female presenting on the seas where she's completely out of her element, quote unquote, but she is more competent than any of them, mm -hmm. um, is just such an interesting take that I want to see more of that I don't want her to just become their their enemy, you know? Um, I, I totally get what you mean. Yeah. I, I The thing is, like, from the beginning, I've... I've been, it's been challenging for me to entirely trust Zheng Yi. And we're going to yeah. see, I'm going to talk about why a little bit, like, but, but I agree with you, even if she does turn out to be an antagonist, which she, she's going to have to be right to, at least right. to a degree, I'm right. still going to enjoy the character, still going to love the character because it's mm -hmm. such a good, rich, um, deep character. And, and again, yeah. like they're doing so well with their the in-group antagonists let's call them that way yeah right the pirate antagonists like i find those to be the best like spanish jackie we all know i love her right like <laughs> right true 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 yeah that's right because i mean she can cut off you know wanted to cut off jim's nose and wanted to kill steed but we still mm -hmm. loved her so yeah. exactly so i we'll have put no her problem. in that category yeah totally that's a great yeah. category to be in <laughs> yes absolutely <laughs> i hope we see spanish jackie more Speaking I hope of, so too. I want to see more. Yeah, I agree. Anyway, 
I love Steve's little champers. You know, oh like he's God. he's definitely in his element too. And yes. Alawande getting to watch this is completely enamored and Steve's impressed and like, yeah. So it, it was a fun little scene. Right, because that's the thing. Like, she convinces the pirate captain to eat and to drink with her. And then once that she's gained his trust, she says, oh, we should be partners. But mm-hmm. in such a way that it makes it so that he has... Because she's like, oh, no, 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 no. It's a silly it's a silly thing. Then he's like, no, no, tell me, tell me. And so she's almost giving him credit for the idea. Yes. Like, again, yes. very reminiscent of, think, of the way that women have to work politically in order to oh, be yeah. taken seriously or trusted by men or to get their agenda through. Route, right so yeah oh yeah you thought it was a silly idea but i this man is going to tell you that it's a yes. great idea therefore it was my idea exactly <laughs> there you go beautiful absolutely mm. fantastic <laughs> so we're now on bard the red flag and jeng yi makes it clear to steed that this was a join me or die situation no matter what her tone said and again mm. like this is one of those things where it's like if the if the crew had refused to go with her that night at Spanish Jackie's, like, was this a join me or die situation? I think so. True. Oh, I think, well, she'd already paid money. Like, yeah. Right. Exactly. So. Like she owns them. So. Right. Like that's yeah. kind of the whole point. And so yeah. I'm like, I have a hard time trusting that she is just looking out for their well-being, And that's why I'm like, oh, I don't yeah. know if I trust her entirely. But again, does yeah. not make me dislike her. I it sure, makes sure. me love her even more. Double cross is my <laughs> jam. <laughs> You are so Spanish Jackie coded. I, I know. Oh my god. Here we I lay need there. Fuck their hammies up. Yeah. <laughs> oh my oh god. god. Yes. Oh, thank you for that. <laughs> um, so Auntie comes in to say that like they've come across another ship and it turns out that it's the revenge. And so oh immediately Steed's starts screaming Ed's name. He like runs out of the captain's quarters and up to the deck and then just belly flops into the water. Doesn't even stop. Which it's um him saying, Ed, I'm here as if his re- as if their reunion would be like his dream from episode one. Yeah. of season two like he's envisioning this run like he's running he never stopped and he just like yeah. keeps going he belly flops and he like swims to the revenge and everyone's like uh, uh, oh okay <laughs> like, <laughs> which like okay, how did he get up to the revenge like there were probably no ladders right. there you know what i mean like, it's right. just, like how no did he do clue. that by sheer power of will like <laughs> i mean we know they don't have good ladders on the revenge so yeah. like, <laughs> I, I just i love that i think it's amazing yeah. Yeah, I I loved it too. You can tell that uh, the crew that was over on the red flag uh, are really upset about the state of the revenge. They're Mm -hmm. like, what the fuck happened to our ship? And um, Wee John says, maybe it went through that triangle thing by Bermuda, (laughs) which is really cute because it's so anachronistic. That is such a modern thing. I don't think that the Bermuda Triangle myth existed back then, but it's really cute. No, yeah, I, absolutely. Again, amazing, lovely. Um, and they're right, the revenge is not looking good. Um, so Steed does make it on board and he sees like how bad a shape she's in. And it's actually really sad to see him like take in all the damage to the ship yeah. that he loved so much, you know, and that meant so much to him. And I mean, he had it built. He yeah, had it, it was built. his baby. Like, every stick of that was his his decision. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Anyway. And 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 that's the thing, like he's seeing like that part of him that's just been ravaged by yeah. by Ed's wrath, really. Yeah. Well, um 
He does end up finding the crew eating a raw dead bird. Buttons would not approve. I don't think so. No. Um, <laughs> watch, watch out for the sea witch because it's going to get you. <laughs> <laughs> I did see something on Twitter that like killing a seabird is actually a a sign of bad luck, and so oh. I don't think that it was a seabird necessarily, but but that it could have been a pigeon. I don't know. There's discourse on Twitter about that, but I oh, just really. I mean, it looked like a it looked like a Carl to me, like one of I Carl's know. flock. I know yeah. it looked like that to me too. But anyway. Like they're, I guess they're just living however they can. Like sure, right. Sure. There's so no they, rations left. They're yeah. Even yeah. though they have untold riches, probably on that ship, like what that they can't get to land because it's inoperable. So they're just stuck yeah. out in sea. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's interesting what you said because like there's um an indigenous saying like, and this is used by people around indigenous peoples around the world that like says Mm -hmm. you can't drink oil or eat money. And I, it sort Mm -hmm. of feels like this is the situation that they're in, right. That like, they don't, they have resources, but human resources and um, it's not helpful to them in this moment. Something that has value because they placed value on it. (sighs) Not something that has inherent value. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So the crew is now on board the red flag and they're in blankets and they're having soup. Soup! 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 <laughs> and uh, Steed is asking where Ed is. And this is when well, they're Archie. They're going ham on that soup. Oh, yeah. Like... They're, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are going nuts. Well, they're on that hungry soup. also, right? They're, like they're hungry. They want comfort and warmth yeah. and sustenance. And yeah. <laughs> exactly. Anyway. We were talking about soup last episode. Like, let's remember yeah. what soup means, right? So that's yes. why soup. Um, this is when Archie realizes that like this is Steed and like she's like I thought you'd be taller and more muscly (laughs) I love that so much she's like oh you're the guy that Ed can't get over huh (laughs) I didn't picture you this way (laughs) wonder what he sees in you (laughs) yeah it's kind of like you know people um when you maybe this is the demisexual in me speaking but you know when you fall in love with someone and they become way more handsome yeah and i think that's a pretty universal experience um that you you know someone that you saw from afar that's like meh they're all right and then you're like Mm -hmm. oh they're very attractive because you fall in love with them and you know he might not have been conventionally handsome but i think he is now like when he had his mm-hmm. hair all curly and he was all like dressed up and everything I know. yeah but yeah i love yeah. archie Archie's like huh okay i guess so <laughs> i like that there's no filter i appreciate that of yeah her, i like Archie. You know? <laughs> um i do want to highlight that izzy is not eating soup in this moment like everyone mm. else is but he is not and he's also not wrapped up in a blanket and again, if we take our idea of like what eating soup means, like he's just not ready to feel healed in this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to wonder as as antagonistic as um, Izzy and Lucius were uh, with one another, if they're going to find some um, mutual understanding uh, because of how traumatized they are. I think they're going to have to. Mm-hmm. Like that is the only way that truly this the the only way to find true healing i think in this weird love triangle that's happening is is for them to find some healing together for them to develop a relationship that's not based on dislike i think i said izzy and lucius oh izzy and lucius yeah oh. like they were so antagonistic to each other 
I mean, to be fair, it was Izzy that was mostly antagonistic with, with Lucius true, and then true, he true, responded true. in kind, but yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. Oh, oh no, I thought you meant, I thought you meant, uh, Steed and, Izzy and Steed. Steed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, the crew just won't tell Steed what happened. Uh, although Izzy admits to having stabbed the painting, which by the way, was stabbed in the eyes and in the groin. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. That's symbolism. Hello. It's like he stabbed him in the dick. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I really truly love that we don't know what happens next. Like we were kind of like holding back episodes one and two, and now we can like freely speculate and freely yes. talk about everything. Yeah. Like that's it's really fun to only have mm. have one to talk about. Yeah, I agree. Um. So Steed asks Frenchie, and Frenchie says that um Ed retired. <laughs> <laughs> I love how Frenchie Frenchie lies so much, but he lies so poorly. Like it's <laughs> he uh, uh, retired. <laughs> You're like, what? like when you don't want to work anymore, you can just yeah. not work. <laughs> like Frenchie, <laughs> Izzy agrees along with the rest of the crew. They're all like, yeah, 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 he retired, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, and like we know that that's not true, right? Like we know it's not true. Um, yeah. Auntie is telling Susan that she smells mutiny, like from afar, yeah. and Susan says she smells leather and bo. <laughs> like you're smelling Izzy, honey. <laughs> yeah, oh. he must I mean, really stink. <laughs> yeah, leather out on the sea is just not great. Oh, but, it's know. not the best idea. I don't. Oh. Anyway, but leather daddies will leather daddy, I guess. Yeah, I'm very sensitive to smells, and I know I would not be able to handle any. Any setting. Spanish yeah. Jackies probably stinks to high heaven. Republic of Pirates stinks to high heaven. The ships 100%. all stink. I would not be able to handle it. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, so we cut to a beach uh, where Ed is washed ashore and then somebody finds him and drags him into land. And when he wakes up, he's too weak to get up. And his first question is to ask the man who like dragged him inland if he did anything weird to him while he was asleep. Which again, like it's it's a joke on sexual assault, like about sexual assault, right? Like, yeah. and I'm like, I don't know why I find this funny. Like, should I feel bad about it or not? Like, I don't know. But it anyway. Um, I, I don't know. To me, the way he delivers it is like weird. Could I, of course sexual assault, but like it could be weird too. Like, I don't know. You look kind of weird. Like, what'd you do to me? Did you braid my hair? Did you, you know, paint my toenails? Like, let me check. <laughs> sure, you know that's yes. Taika delivers lines in such a light way that, like, yeah. you really can take take things in a silly way. Like, I just, I think his comedic timing is really good, so. Mm -hmm. And again, I also think that, like, the joke is not to to make a joke about the person getting assaulted, right? Like, it's, yeah. it's more that that's his first concern. And so, again, like, it says something about him and, like, Being what's vulnerable. happened to him in the past, potentially, like, when he's sure. woken up. Um, so anyway, like this is all speculation, yeah. but just like thoughts that are going through my mind. But this had very like Dean Winchester knowing the smell of chloroform feel to mm -hmm. me. Um, so anyway, um, the man says no, but that he just made him some soup, soup um, <laughs> to make his body better. But Ed recognizes who it is. And it turns out that it's Captain Hornigold. We knew he would show up. We knew he would show up. Yeah. yeah. I Which didn't think he, that he would show up really in that way. Up? Yeah. <laughs> it's a very really good question. Up or is he not? Like, yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. So, like, we re- it obviously it's revealed at the end of the episode that this is not Hornigold, but right. But yeah, it was like, oh my gosh! And he's wearing a like an old sail as a tunic because it's got like the ropes hanging off of it. It was very interesting. I was wondering what that was actually. Thank you for pointing that out. I I just felt that like the the disguise had very like it it was like a callback to like old Jedi masters in Star Wars. And I was like, you know, like old male mentor kind of thing. And so I'm like, oh, okay, this is one of those situations. So So if you think about it, like, so he's not actually there, right? Um, He is actually in some sort of, I guess, I'm assuming he's down where Izzy was, right? Um, In that little hiding spot. Mm -hmm. And like, what if there's like extra sails there, like stuck in the rafters, like, this yeah. is like a storage space. And what if he's, you know, that's like one of the last things he saw when he was dying and like Maybe, kind yeah. of envisioned that. I don't know. It's just very interesting. So Ed immediately freaks out and he screams that the soup must be poison and that he's not going to eat it. And so he can't uh, accept comfort. No, he cannot at that point, especially not coming from this person. Right. And right. It comes out that the last time that they saw each other, Hornigold threatened to flay Ed and feed him his own skin. And Ugh. Hornigold is like, I'm sorry, I was in a bad place and I was doing too much rhino horn. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Rhino exactly. Horn. <laughs> well, rhino horn and also like, it feels like Ed is meeting an older version of himself. Yes. Right? Yeah. Like somebody who, and somebody who was really important in his development, like who... Mm-hmm. You know, again, like they, they're they going to talk about daddy issues, but like this is an older male mentor. And so like yeah. a father figure for Ed in some way. Right. And so, again, mm-hmm. we're, we're showed that like the terribleness of his biological father, but also the terribleness of of Hornigold. Yeah. And so he had never seen men be kind before. Right. Um, Calico Jack, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so he ends up like force feeding him the soup, which yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, back on the revenge, Auntie is trying to figure out what happened, and Frenchie and Fang are trying to cover it up, but she is really good. <laughs> she's she's like a bloodhound. That was really funny, and like <laughs> Fang was totally fucking it up, and like oh 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 no no Blackbeard didn't, and and Frenchie's like shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> No black Don't beard. I mean, auntie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I love him. He is love he's him. perfect. Um, yeah. we do get a Jim and Aluwande reunion, which I was I really this. happy about. Uh, yeah. Jim tells Alu that they kissed someone, and then felt weird not telling him. Right? Yeah. First thing they that they said to him was, "Oh, I kissed mm-hmm. someone." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it shows that it was on their mind, right? And that it was important yeah. for them to like get that out and like and and he and, and they explained that like it's because he's the best friend that they've ever had and that yeah. that's who they tell things to. Um yeah. and Alu immediately guesses that it's Archie, which I think is really interesting. Mm. And he tells Jim that he's happy that they kissed her. Yeah, he doesn't want too many details though, so it's oh, kind yeah. of like <laughs> clear the boobs okay i'm good (laughs) (laughs) okay okay that's enough um and even though he so it's like separate from obviously he has been flirting with susan i don't know how explicitly he thinks about susan because she she's definitely the one coming on to him Mm -hmm. but yeah it's interesting to me like some people there was a lot of uh talk on twitter about like oh this they're a poly relationship and i'm like 
I don't know if I see it yet. Maybe this is a burgeoning poly mm. relationship or um, I don't know. Maybe they decide they're better as friends. Maybe they, you know. I mean, I can totally see it they... as becoming a poly relationship. But I think yeah. for that to happen, there needs to be like discussion of like boundaries. Sure. And 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 it's it's in the process of happening, right? When Olu is like, oh, I'm happy right. you kissed her. But I don't yeah. want too many details, right? Like, it's like, right. I'm okay with knowing this, but not knowing that. Like, there's, and that's, that's how you establish those kinds of relationships through yeah. explicit and, and explicit boundaries and, and good flow of communication. Yeah. Which I'm excited whatever way they want to take it. Right now, it's clear that Alu is Jim's family and yeah. loves them no matter what. And like, there's not going to be this like, uh, rivalry. I mean, there, he, there could be like a, a small rivalry where, you know, Alu wants to be Jim's person and if mm-hmm. Archie, you know, but I don't know. It's just, uh, it's interesting mm-hmm. if it becomes a poly relationship or if it just stays the way it is and they just kind of go, you know, we're better off as friends. Let's find someone else. You know, mm-hmm. who knows? Um, I'm, exactly. I'm very open to whatever way they want to take it. So. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and they care about each other. And like, we see that also later in the episode. And so I'm, I'm not worried about that. You know, I'm like, okay, it's fine. Like they're in good hands again. Like I'm not even worried about it. I'm like, it's fine. The writers know. They're mature (laughs) enough. The two characters seem mature enough to be able to handle this. So exactly. So Steed is going through the captain's quarters on the revenge and he's taking out like all of the knives from like the Mm. furniture, the walls, the ceilings. And uh, Izzy appears behind him and Steed pushes him on what happened to Ed. Um, Mm -hmm. Izzy says that he could never have killed him and that they deserted him on a beach. Yeah. At first, Steed goes something about, oh, so you killed him. And and Izzy says, yes. And he says, so you sent him to doggy heaven. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, uh, okay. I know. It's funny because um, Steed was never privy to the doggy heaven discussion. Right, that yeah, that Blackbeard saw Steed as a pet. This is Izzy's perception was that Steed was Blackbeard's pet, and that mm-hmm. he wanted to send him to Doggy Heaven. So I'm pretty sure this is like a really long joke. Like it, the setup was last season, and this season <laughs> it was just like to Steed, Izzy sees uh killing someone as sending them to doggy heaven like that's his terminology so he's just using his terminology oh. like yeah yeah i'm hip to the terminology of the pirates like hello fellow you... kids yes 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 oh that's heartbreaking oh Steve. i think it's what it is because he was never privy to the explanation of doggy heaven he only heard Izzy say, I'm going to send you to doggy heaven. And he looked like, what the fuck are you talking about? Oh, my God. That's but that's so accurate, though. Like, you're so yeah. right. Oh, my God. I love it. OK, I love it. Um, But so when um Izzy lies and says that they deserted him on a beach, mm. it's a really interesting lie because it's a truth to the audience as yep. as we know it in this moment. Um, And. So, like, you have to kind of remove yourself. So you have to think about the meta where it's like, oh, we're keeping the story going. And, like, the the audience thinks he's deserted on an island. So that's going to be part of the lie so we can continue to believe it because we can't reveal just yet that he's not. Um, So that's, like, the meta reasoning. But if you think in the story, why Izzy is lying and saying we abandoned him on an island, like... It's almost like he was lying to himself. Like he can't yes. believe exactly. that Ed is they dead. Did that. 
Did you know, did you suspect anything at that point? I did not. Okay. I did not. It wasn't until he kills Hornigold. Right mm-hmm. no, it wasn't it was right before he killed Hornigold. It was when he said, How do you know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I was that like, moment. Ooh, okay. this is weird. This is weird. That, so yeah. I did not. I thought they literally left him on an island. That that line of like leaving him on an island raised like it made me raise my eyebrows because I'm like, that's not what happens. Like he's washed ashore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, something's not right. Like I knew that something was off about this. But I was like, whatever, like, I just want to continue watching, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So Izzy warns Steed that if Zheng Yi smells mutiny, she's going to kill them all because it's pirate code, right? And I find mm. this line really interesting. Like, you and me did this to him, and we cannot let the crew suffer anymore for our mistakes. I love how much Izzy loves the crew. <laughs> like, it's yeah. just... <laughs> yeah. It's just such a development. Yeah. And again, it comes down to like bossy big brother, right? Like it's not, Uh he truly cares about them. When it seems like when Blackbeard has had his wits about him and before he met Steed, um, he was in the upper echelon. He was in the leadership. It was him and Blackbeard and then it was the crew. Mm -hmm. And so his loyalty was to Blackbeard. And when Blackbeard lost his mind and honestly fell in love with Steed, therefore in Izzy's mind betraying him, his loyalty switched to the crew. Mm -hmm. It's so interesting. I know. He's such a complex character. Oh, my God. He really is. So back on the beach, Ed and Hornigold are collecting clams and talking about Ed's mutiny. And I just love how he's just like casually saying these things, right? Like I sailed my Mm -hmm. ship directly into a storm. I forced people to fight each other to the death. And then I threatened to shoot a cannonball into the mast and kill us all. And it's, it's almost like he's like, like it was an entirely different person who had taken the actions that he's describing, right? Like there's a dissociation from these actions that like is really, not shocking but like impressive to me i'm like whoa okay so like how do you feel about these actions you know right i mean he you can clearly tell he's like isn't that fucked up that's the crazy like who would do that a crazy person um can i say the way he looks in this um like last episode you were talking about how like he is gender like yes he is gender here too like his hair is like half pulled up and he's wearing this like little scoop neck like a very feminine shirt like a traditionally femme presenting shirt um barefoot which is much more to me like evocative of of femme you know it's casual Mm and wearing these like little straight legged leather pants and stuff like it is a very if you put that one on someone who's femme presenting it would it would work yeah, and there's yeah, a absolutely. softness about him too mm-hmm. and just yeah very he's very gender <laughs> mm. i want to be him same honestly yeah. i feel that <laughs> so hornigold tells him that he once fed a cabin boy a live crab and ed says that he remembers because he was there and it killed the boy mm. and this conversation is really interesting to me because Hornigold says that feeling bad about what he did isn't going to change anything. He can either move on or blow his brains out or they can go make soup. Soup. Which is healing. Soup. Exactly. Soup. <laughs> Which is healing. Exactly. So you can move on, blow your brains out, or heal. Like, those right. are your options, basically, is what yep. Hornigold is telling him. Yep. Uh, Steve tells Zheng Yi and 
what Izzy told him happened. And she says that it was definitely mutiny adjacent, right? She's like, "Mm, this isn't great. Uh, And then she does that HR rep and pre-K teacher voice again. And she asks Steed how he's doing. And Steed says that he feels very responsible for what happened. Yeah. And uh, Zhengyi is just saying how she's feeling merciful when Auntie barges in saying that she found the jackpot. Okay. So... Um, this is why I think they had to keep up the lie, because if we knew that Ed was on the revenge dead, like the, the tension would be way too high because the tension gets so high. Mm hmm. When it skyrockets body, immediately. Yeah. 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 So they were like, um, this is a comedy. <laughs> we yeah. have to keep it a little light. Like if we knew De- Ed was on the ship, like half dead. And mm-hmm. then this little innkeeper thing, I would just be sobbing through it. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. No, I completely agree with you. Like this is. Like, yeah. I thought Auntie was like, we found all of the treasure. Like we found all of their loot, basically. Really? No, that's when I was like, no, he's dead. Like, for sure, she found his body. Because she's like, I found the jackpot. She was looking for the mutiny, right? Like, I, I, yeah, in my mind, I put it together. But I was like, no, they're not going to do that to us. They're not going to do that to us. Like, I was just in denial. And like, (laughs) the purgatory filter. Like I know I, I didn't even connect it until afterwards that I'm like, oh, it's like a blue filter on this whole situation. <laughs> like, uh, like of course, like when he first washed up on the shore, like it, maybe it was like dawn and it was just that, you know, that typical look, but he's been there all day and it's the same color. Yeah. Like like we're educated to these methods, right? We know <laughs> we better. Know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> this is not my first rodeo. <laughs> Purgatory is <laughs> where purgatory? you feel the most pure. You can just be yourself. Uh-huh. All right, moving on. <laughs> so we cut back to the island where Ed is telling Hornigal that he wishes that he could be an innkeeper. And so they start role playing. And Ed as Jeff, the innkeeper, and Hornigal as like the guest, right? I love that he keeps the name Jeff. Because yeah, in the I first season, thread. he's like, it's a yeah. cool name. Like, I, he's like, and Fritchie's like, you know, you could pick any name you want. He's like, yeah, Jeff's cool. <laughs> Jeff is cool. I like Jeff. And I love that about him. I love that about him. Um, and honestly, the role playing goes about as well as you would expect it to. And one thing that I find really funny is the contrast between how Ed is dealing with Hornigold being kind of a douche as a customer mm-hmm. and how Steed had to deal with the customers at Spanish Jackie's. Like these two men could not be more different. Yeah. And not to mention like um, when they play acted the um, the snake snack yes. uh, scene and he's like, oh, well, now they're upset because... Yeah the the gift shop and they don't want to you know they're not going to want me to sell it and now they're going to be ticked off and like steed was able to deftly like turn it into something really fun and light and like yeah. with hornigold hornigold's not doing it it's just pissing him off like he oh yeah he keeps, absolutely you know making choices that's like ed's like no you're not playing the game right exactly you know? <laughs> yeah that's exactly what it is. Like, you're not playing the way that I want you to play. And I don't know yeah. how to deal with you, right? And and this is where Hornigold ends up pointing out one of Ed's perceived flaws, that he's not mm. very good with people. Yeah. And then he starts saying stuff that he's not supposed to know, like that Id, that Id, I did it again! <laughs> <laughs> I love it. 
that Ed killed his dad and that he never told. And and the thing is that he never told this to anybody but Steed and Steed left him, right? Mm -hmm. And at this point, Ed tackles Hornigold and as he's strangling him, uh, Hornigold manages to say that when it comes down What it comes down to is that Ed is afraid that he's unlovable. And in a fit of rage, he kills Hornigold. Hmm. But Hornigold gets back up. And so Ed kills him again. And again. And Hmm. again. And we don't know how long that lasts. But yeah. I was not surprised when he killed him and he got back up. Because at that point I was like, oh, okay, nope. Nope, this isn't real. You know, so yeah. It was very satisfying. Yeah, exactly. It was like, oh, the pieces really are falling together now. Like this is yeah. this is really good. Um and so this is when we cut back to the revenge and Auntie is showing Zheng Yi Ed's body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wasn't prepared to see his body. I was just like, oh like I'd believed the lie. I had believed yeah. the lie that he was somewhere else, that I didn't know that he was still on the ship. I think that my anxiety when Steed was walking around the ship would have been like through the roof. Like yeah. he would just stumble upon him, you know, dead. So, yeah. Right. It's, uh, yeah. You know, it, as, as much as I was starting to suspect it and to expect it, like to actually see it was definitely something where I was like, Oh no. And again, you know that there's still like seven episodes to the season, right? But right. it just, it hurts. It still well, hurts. Well, no, I felt, I, it hurt me for Steed, not yeah. for, I knew he was going to survive. I knew he was going to live. But for Steed and, <laughs> sorry, trigger warning. Take a moment. It's okay. I don't know if I even want to say this because it's just a little bit too much, you know, um, just trigger warning about people, loved ones that have passed. I've seen a loved one after they passed. Yeah. And to recognize details about their body that, you know, was always warm and mm. alive and the correct color. And for him to look on Ed's body and it not necessarily be that anymore is just heartbreaking for steed to see yeah you know i hear that anyway (laughs) no yeah yeah absolutely i think yeah it's not that i was worried that ed was not going to be alive it was i was worried about how much it would hurt steed to see him in that state kind Mm -hmm. of thing so you know it's interesting because i didn't think of that but i thought immediately of izzy yeah when it happened when when we saw ed's body and i was like oh my god was he lying to Steed or was he lying to himself? Right. Yeah. Because this yeah. whole episode, like something that I haven't really taken notes about, but like we see him drinking alcohol throughout this episode <gasps> and we don't see him drinking alcohol before. Yeah. And so there's clearly true. like there's a need for, he can't, he's not eating the soup. He's drinking the alcohol the same way that like Lucius is not eating the soup. He's smoking. Yeah. Right. It's a way to soothe an anxiety, but without the healing. It's a coping yeah, mechanism. Yeah. yeah, it's a destructive behavior that's yeah. you're harming your body rather than healing it. Yeah. And at the moment, like Izzy desperately needs some healing, like figuratively right. and literally, right? Yeah, but it's numbing, you know. Yeah. He'd rather just numb himself and lie to himself and say, mm. No, we just left him. 
let's focus on the crew because he was mm-hmm. a destructive force to the crew. And this is where mm-hmm. my loyalty is now. Well, speaking of Izzy, we're back on the red flag and the crew that mutinied is in the brig and Frenchie says like the most Frenchie thing that, um, you know, they'd been living from second to second and it's kind of nice to have a deadline now that they're probably going to be executed. And Steed shows up and looks at Izzy. (laughs) And at this point, like he knows that Izzy lied to him and Izzy says, Go on, Bonnet, give me your worst. And uh, Steed just like hangs his head and he walks away. And like, Izzy just cries. <sighs> and I don't even know where to start about that scene. <laughs> <laughs> he, he would have never shown this weakness to the crew. It just shows you that before he was Blackbeard's person and now he's with the crew. That they can see his vulnerabilities because he couldn't show his vulnerabilities before. Like, he's such a broken person. I think this also speaks to, like, what it's like to to be in and then out of an abusive relationship, right? Because when you're in the midst of an abusive relationship, you hide a lot of the stuff that's happening to you. And so you don't let yourself show emotion. Um, But then when you're out, you're allowing yourself to tell your truth, to tell your story, to tell your side of how things happened instead of like the narrative that was decided upon by the abuser. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I don't even know what to say. And Steed is so upset. Like he doesn't have the strength in him to be anything other than just devastated that Ed is mm. dead, you know? And He's like, no, I'm not going to give you what you want by hurting you to make yeah. you feel something, yeah. to make you assuage your guilt in any way. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just, I, I, I'm not your pawn. I'm not your tool. I'm not your anything. I, I'm just feeling this grief. And it's also that Izzy doesn't know anything, but the love that, the quote unquote love that Ed gave him, right? And so, yeah. um whenever he received attention from him, it was through abuse. And so yeah. like he's expecting Steed to do the same. Yeah. And like when he doesn't, I think is even worse for him. Cause he's like, Oh my God, I don't know how to cope with somebody who's just feels his feelings. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> okay. Deep breath. <laughs> We're back on the beach and we find out that Ed is actually in purgatory. Uh, he's not dead, but he's also not alive. He's like in between. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love liminal spaces. I love yeah. the concept of it and how, you know, you can play with it and how there's like second chances and it's not yes. either or. I really, yeah, yeah. That's one of my favorite concepts. Yeah. What I love about them is that they push the characters to make a choice. Yeah. Right. And so Hornigold says that Ed is the one who's supposed to decide if he lives or dies. And he asks Ed what he likes about living. And he goes, warmth, good food, and orgasms. Which, like, honestly, same. Like, I get it, you know? (laughs) (laughs) He says intercourse. And he's like, well, but orgasms, because, like, you got to finish. Like, otherwise, what's the the point? (laughs) I, so, okay. All right. All right. All right, let's be let's be real here about the yeah. intercourse thing. Like he was getting it on, like on the show. Like let's 
you know, let's be explicit here that yep. him and Izzy had a sexual relationship. I'm sorry. Yeah, if he's sure. telling me those are the things life is worth living, you can't tell me that that's not happening. Yeah. And I don't think the show will ever be explicit in that way, but like they're going to talk about it and you know, mm-hmm. it's not going to be something that's going to be dirty and wrong. It's just like any other human, just like yeah. a straight person would, would be like, yeah, sex is a great part of living. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. I, yeah, I totally get that. And that's, <sighs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing that's also interesting there is that like warmth and good food, like if you put the two together, you've got soup. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um and then in the list of cons, Ed says that he doesn't think anybody is waiting for him. Ed, Edward, Eddie, dumbass, yeah. two people are. <laughs> dumbass. Like, <what> <laughs> Yes, oh my god, we should call him that from now on. Like, until he gets his life sorted, like, we can call him dumbass, because he deserves it. Oh my god. Come on. Make better choices, and we won't call you that anymore, buddy. Like, it's fine. You have two people who are ready and willing to just, like, lay at your feet and love you. absolutely. Like, oh my god, Izzy would give anything for you, and, like, I mean, maybe he doesn't know that about Steed yet, but, like, come on. Yeah. Don't tell me no one's waiting for you. Good lord. But I think, again, it shows us, like, what he's thinking. Like, the fact oh, that sure, he thinks sure, he's sure. unlovable. Like, that's not true, you know? Like, he is not right. unlovable. Like, <laughs> but those are the false narratives that we create about ourselves sometimes. And I think that's yeah. one of those. Like, nobody's waiting for me. Like, I have nobody to anchor me to this earth, yeah. which is, again, like, something that suicidal people tend to tell themselves often. Sure. Um, so. I have someone, a family member, who is extremely, I'm extremely close with. And, um... She is often suicidal and she often tells me that she's not a good person Mm. and that's why she doesn't have friends. And that is exactly what Ed said to Steed in the bathtub. And I want, I want to make her watch this show like in a way, but like also I don't think it's going to affect her the way it affects me. But Mm. to hear someone you love say that about themselves and you're like, but you, I see you every day. You are a good person. Mm-hmm. You are lovable. You know, you have people who love you and they just, their perception of it, they don't see it. Yeah. And nothing you can do can make them see it. And yeah. it's just, oh, it's heartbreaking to witness. Anyway. No, it really Therapy. is. Therapy. I know. What is, like, what is this show? <laughs> I'm gonna this? have to, I'm going to have to like trigger warning everything to be like, oh, oh absolutely. Skip ahead. <laughs> okay anyway <laughs> i don't even know where we were um yeah so back on the red flag uh alu is trying to convince Zheng Yi not to execute the revenge crew and she says that she knows that this is complicated for alu because of his boatmans with jim and i gotta say that like them using the term boatmans which is a term that i've only ever heard on like the Below Deck series is <laughs> just really funny to me. <laughs> Which, by the way, I mentioned in the first episode that I read a Destiel AU. I will put it in the show notes because Ellen of Oz found it for me and was yes, like, was this the thanks, one you read? Ellen. And it was so good. <laughs> I'm um, so excited to so, read it. <laughs> it. It's really good. I need to read it again. It's been a while, oh. but I really, I remember really enjoying it. Oh my um, God. So I'll put that in the show notes, but that is really funny. Um, Jim is so much more than that. To Alu, like, yes, just to, I don't know. I think it cheapens it so much to call it a boatman's. 
But I think that's what also Zhengyi is trying to do, right? Like it's it's the sure. whole like, oh, Steve, oh no, my name is Steve, you know? Like it's it's yeah. like trying to undermine the relationship between those two characters, especially characters yes. that we love so much, right? Yeah. And Alu is very honest with, with Susan at the point where it's like, maybe he shouldn't be. Because like she's making decisions and if jealousy is something that drives her, which I don't think Alu knows her well enough yet to know if that's true. He yeah. said, we're best friends, family, someone I'd like to see grow old. <laughs> he also caveats that with just like the rest of the crew. So like yes. he's tempering it like, yeah. oh, just like anybody. <laughs> the... <laughs> but also it's really cute that he wants to see the rest of the crew grow old, grow old too. Like, yeah. Like, so you can take it two ways where he's like tempering it saying, oh, Jim's just one of the crew because I love them Mm -hmm. all. Or he can Mm -hmm. say, but also I love the crew. Like, I love every one of them. So like, even if you decided to just save Jim, like that wouldn't be good enough for me. Yeah, I like that. I love that. Alu is just like using his political connections. It's so funny because usually that's a role that like we tend to give or or, like traditionally that is given to female characters, like trying to convince like the male king or whatever like the king to not execute these people you know like you know what i mean the woman can appeal to his better nature yes exactly i just i kind of love the role reversal there i I love it it's great yeah and he's sitting and she like is standing like towering over him (laughs) when she decides to be like well in her mind seducing him but in in what it looks to anyone is that she's trying to intimidate him she's threatening him really like (laughs) she's taking out her sword and she's asking like how this is going to affect us and Alu is so lost he's like what the fuck us like what are you talking about (laughs) I thought she was gonna take him as like her her lover like forcefully like not, not like take him take him but like say no you're staying on the ship everyone else dies like okay. you're mine wow and, yeah but then she, it, it just evaporates and she's like oh did that not land i was trying to seduce you which is so <laughs> cute and quirky and awkward i love her <laughs> but again it makes me wonder because when she's using that voice it's yeah. often because she's putting on a show right and so i'm mm. like i don't know man like again i love that they're taking this like I don't know. I love it. I, I don't want to say anything because I don't know what's going to lead there. And that, But I, I, I love what they're doing with this. I find it so, so smart. Yeah. I really like her. And I think maybe, um, you know, of course, she's going to be an antagonist. But I think maybe her bond with Alawande will come to their advantage later, you know, mm-hmm. where she shows them mercy because of it. Um, I, I mean, she's very willing to partner with other pirates, so I yeah. understand that they double-crossed her, but, like, if mm-hmm. she can get over that, then they can also operate freely with, you know, under her command or whatever, so I'm hopeful. Hopeful. I also feel that, like, Spanish Jackie is often, like, a, a contextual ally for them, and so I think that hopefully mm-hmm. this is what could happen with Zheng Yi, right? Like, I'm like, I yeah. can see that happening, but... Time will have to go by a little bit before that happens. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. So meanwhile, Steed jailbreaks the crew and tells them that they're taking back the revenge. Ah, I know. I I just love this. Like... And I love that it's the music from the first season, too. Like, it really brings us back to, like, that, yeah, we're gonna do it anyway, right? Like, let's just... Let's reclaim this. Well, this is the steed. I mean, like, let's... Okay, 
All right, this guy was a little bit of an idiot and walked into the whole situation without a lot of knowledge when it when he came to be a pirate. But the courage that it took to go from being a rich landowning person mm. to going to be a pirate took a lot of balls. Like to quote Geraldo, he had some <laughs> massive balls. Like oh, Geraldo. <laughs> But, like, I mean, it took a lot. And this, it's like, oh, Steed's back. He's the one who makes the big decisions and makes the big swings and says, let's let's fucking go for it. Like, we're not here to just, you know, tiptoe around. We're here to do some shit. I'm a fucking pirate and I'm here to fuck some shit up. And I don't want to work for this person anymore. Like, he wasn't meant to serve. He was meant to command. Um, mm. As much as his command was doofus and bumbly and... <laughs> Whatever, like yeah. he was still meant to command. But I also think that it's really funny that this is two powerful women now that he's double crossed. Ooh, <laughs> just know, in just right? three episodes. <laughs> like... Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Um... And like he could have made a deal with her. Like he watched her make a deal with this yeah. other pirate. Like he could have said, All right, let's talk about this. There's a ship. Who's gonna command it? Me. I don't you know, like what? Like he could have helped and said, Hey, Susan, can I have some of your resources to help rebuild the ship? Um, but I guess I guess, you know, but he could have talked her out of killing the crew. I really do think. Honestly, I think so. I think with Alu on his side, like it could have been possible, but I think Steed wanted to do things his own yeah. way at this point. Yeah. The way that he's has been doing since season one or trying to do since season one and to be subservient yeah. to somebody wouldn't have worked for him. Like you said, True. Um, the whole point of Steed is, is that he can decide what to do with his own life. And I think yeah. that just wouldn't have worked for him. Right. Well, that's true. Because, I mean, look at what the growth he went through in a season where he's like, oh, yeah. I need to go live my own life. I need mm -hmm. to go be happy. I mean, it didn't work with Spanish Jackie, right? Yeah. When he tried right. to, like, do things, quote unquote, the right way. So he's like, I'm not yeah, doing that she again. she stole his money. Yeah. She stole his money. Double yeah. crosses her jam. <laughs> <laughs> but also you have to think that, like, now that Steed's dead, he, he has nothing to lose. So he's like, no, fuck it. I'm going to do everything. Yeah. I'm, who, who cares who I... I don't... I have no loyalty to anyone anymore. So, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Except the crew. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, that's great. So they need to secure a line from the... So, okay. So they need to... <laughs> It's coming right back to me. So they need to secure a line from the red flag to the revenge. And Steed hands Black Pete a crossbow saying that it all hinges on him. And like, he's like, you know, you keep saying that you have perfect aim. And to no one's <laughs> surprise, yet everyone's irritation, Black Pete says that he just can't do it. <laughs> okay. So how do they manage for me to be completely devastated and crying and thinking about Ed... Uh, dead and steed seeing ed's dead body and yeah. then i'm laughing because of black pete like and he's so ridiculous like <laughs> i you know i i i don't know I've, I've been talking about this since episode two like i don't understand how it is that they manage this this balance but mm -hmm. i i think that there might be something like just if we if we like dig a little bit there's something to be said about like laughter in the face of tragedy and yeah. how, like, yeah. um, sometimes people will laugh at what feels like inappropriate times, but that yeah. it's, it's also medicine. Um, it is. It is. Yeah. 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 
Uh, so Archie takes the crossbow and she gets the job done. <laughs> That's why I we need Archie. Yes. That's why we need Archie. She delivers, right? Like, again, mm-hmm. very competent. And this is when things start happening really quickly. Um, mm. The crew starts ziplining from the red flag to the revenge. Okay. The towels. Yes. <laughs> I'm so happy you bring this up. All right. The towels are a method of escape. Okay, so Steed used the towels to overpower um, two of Jingyi's crew. Um, mm-hmm. He One of them smelled uh, the towel, and he said it was chamomile. It's and chamomile. It was, uh, I'm assuming chloroform or something similar, yeah. um, and knocked them out. And then also, uh, Wee John uses a towel over the person who's at the wheel on her face. Mm-hmm. Um, they also use them to zipline, and he makes yeah. a joke like, oh, let's give Fang two tea towels to zipline, yes. you know? Um, so... I don't know. It's there's something about Steed being assigned something as innocuous as towels and then mm-hmm. turning that into his manner of escape and reclamation. And mm-hmm. then there's a separate thing about the significance of towels to Asian culture, which is specifically to Japanese culture. So I don't know if this is like, you know, them not recognizing the difference between Chinese and Japanese because this is a Chinese ship and not a Japanese ship. Mm-hmm. But in Japanese culture, um, towels are a symbol of civility and cleanliness. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, and I don't know enough about uh, Chinese culture to know if that is kind of bled over or if, but when right. I researched Chinese culture and towels, um, that something specific about towels is that um, towels are typically gifted to people after a funeral. So they're not considered like you're not supposed to give someone the gift of a towel outside of that space because it's like a bad omen or a bad Mm. sign. Like you're, you're saying someone around you is going to die soon because I'm giving you a towel or a handkerchief. Mm. Um, So yeah, I found the towels and the significance of the towels and specifically the significance of what Zheng Yi's crew is putting on the towels, that they have a whole crew of people working on towels and handing out fresh towels and they all smell really good as more of a Japanese thing. Um, But again, I am not an expert on Asian culture, so I don't know if that's them lumping all Asians together or if that's something that has like um, moved over into somewhat of Chinese culture. So, yeah, like I, I really can't speak to that either, but I, it, you know what's I if I can speak to your first point about Steed and towels like mm-hmm. what came back to me in that moment is Steed when he said like I'm overqualified for towels like yes! he was better than that <laughs> right and that to me felt very much like a man saying like oh well I don't have time to do the laundry yeah well it's like when Black Pete said um, sewing was woman's work. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's exactly how it felt. And and yet towels were so were like the key elements to their escape, right? Like the yeah. one tool that they needed to use in order to 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 do their escape. And so yeah. I I find that really really telling that like, yeah. oh, in the end, like the thing that he was overqualified for is the thing that kept them alive. Mhm. Which, you know, it can be said also about cooking and cleaning and and all of that stuff like the 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 yeah. jobs that are over overlooked and yet make life nice right like it's nice to be in right. a nice place like in a clean place so mhm anyway 
So yeah, as we were saying, like things are happening really fast. And so there's zip lining from the red flag to the revenge. We John rips out the wheel of the red flag so that they can install it on the revenge. I'm not sure how that works, but let's I just go with it. Like I Well not to you mention know. like it didn't look like the wheel was gone. It looked like he just tore the pegs <laughs> off of it. So it's not like it's inoperable. I don't I'm know. I'm just how that works. listen, whatever. Like <laughs> let's go with it. <laughs> let's go with it. And all of the crew makes it back to the revenge in time. And um but before that, actually, Auntie interrupts Jing Yi and Alu's makeout session, and Jim goes back to go get mm. Alu, which shows that like Jim very much sees Alu as family as well. It's not just a yeah. one-sided thing, right? Like the love that right. is between these two characters, no matter the nature of it at the moment, is reciprocal. And I love that. Yeah. Um, and they do all make it back on time to the revenge. And Zheng Yi watches as they sail away. Mm-hmm. And she is really unhappy. And this is really the first time that we see her like express anger. Do you think she's more angry about being betrayed by Alawande and like all of that, like, you know, that first blush of love where she's so excited about it and now it's just been ripped away from her. Like, I'm sure she contains multitudes. I'm sure yes. she can care about all those things. Right. But mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, she was just finally kissing him. She really yes. liked him. Like, that would really piss me off. <laughs> I It would piss me off, too, frankly. It's like, ah, oh, damn yeah. it. I finally got the cute guy to kiss me. <laughs> but I will say this. Um... The thing that came back when that moment happened was when she told Steed that, like, she had dated her fair share of guys on wanted posters and that it always ends up in a massacre. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, ooh, that can't be good. Yeah, that's true. Izzy comes up to Steed to say thank you, and Steed just walks away from him. I mean... If Steed wasn't preoccupied with Ed being on the ship, mm-hmm. wh- seemingly dead, yeah, I think the fact that Izzy is acting so out of the character that Steed knew would just knock him flat. Being like, you know, yeah. you're he's weepy and crying and saying, do your worst and thanking him. Like, yeah. Buddy, what happened to you? <laughs> like, what happened I to you? Know, you know, like, know. wow, this is so far from the Izzy that I knew. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I think about the last time he saw Izzy, and mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, he was completely, um, he was completely like dominated by Blackbeard, yeah. like punching him, like when Steed yelled for the act of grace, right? Yeah, and um, and that's the last time he saw Izzy. So it's like mm-hmm. he he was betrayed by Izzy. And he hated Izzy and like, but he was whole, he was still whole Mm. and he was still that bravado. And, um, for him to cut to seeing Izzy as in this state, you think that they would, if he wasn't so preoccupied, you would think he would just be like, hold on. What's what happened to you? (laughs) Tell me your story. (laughs) But you know, I think, yeah. And I think that there's two, like, there's two components to this situation, which like you said, Mm -hmm. is, is he like, having changed, having grown. Yeah. Um, and this, I think, is like, to me anyway, like the perfect hope that this is where they're headed with the story, yeah. that we are going to see growth, that we are going to see healing. Um, I'm getting emotional again. <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah, Izzy doesn't thank people usually, and he does yeah. here. 
And the fact that he's thanking Steed of all people, yeah, I think right. shows how much he has changed in this short period of time. Um, also thinking about Izzy um, never being an actual leader, yeah. um, that he ha- he needs someone strong to follow. Yeah. And maybe Steed will be that person now. Like he broke him out of jail. He yeah. he rescued him. He's I know. He was the princess in the tower and Steed was yeah. the dashing prince. Literally. Like Yeah. Yeah. Like and you just wonder how that's gonna change Izzy's perception of his competence even. Like it, Izzy is very much attracted to competence. So oh, yeah. it makes you think like, oh, Steed got the job done. Like Blackbeard cracked up under the pressure and Steed got the job done. So mm-hmm. yeah, just yeah, <laughs> I can't no, help I get but that. think about Stizzy shippers. <laughs> oh, for sure. Oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Like I, yes, hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. And but the second component is is Steed just not being in the state of mind to be able to talk to Izzy about it yet. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I think that this is really important. And Steed has shown that where like there are moments that he just can't talk about things. He needs Mm -hmm. to process a little bit and then he can exteriorize it. And so I think, you know, what I'm hoping is that we're going to see an open conversation between these two men. I, you know, because it needs to happen. Like there needs to be. Right. Like a relationship development between them that doesn't include them fighting over Ed. Yeah. You know, for, for true healing to be brought about for this group of people, if we want them to stay together, like there needs to be this conversation and this relationship building. Yeah, I agree. So moving back to purgatory, Ed is realizing that if Hornigold is him and that he hates Hornigold, then he also hates himself. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> um, yeah, Hornigold tells him that he's scared, that he's not lovable, and he's too scared to do anything about it, which is the same thing yeah. that Izzy said, right? Like those are Izzy's words, like in ed's mind um but that hornigold wouldn't be scared right like the the izzy couldn't do it but hornigold's gonna do it Mm. no problem and this is when he tosses ed from a cliff into the ocean with a rock tied to his waist Mm. he says he makes fun of him by saying even calico jack would have figured it out yeah yeah so it's like you're unlovable you're dumb like you know all of the things like right like nothing is going right and this this and again i want to be really clear like hornigold is not hornigold here like this is ed yes speaking of ed um like the text is very clear about that so let's not let's not say that hornigold is like that ed is not in control of the situation here yeah um so he starts sinking into the water and he looks like asleep or unconscious. And we yeah. cut to Steed on the revenge, coming down to see his body and talking to him. And yeah. the moment that Steed, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And, and the moment that Steed starts talking, underwater Ed wakes up and starts like struggling against the yeah. rope at his waist. Mm-hmm. And, like, the more Steed talks, the more he struggles, and, like, lying on the revenge Ed starts moving his hand. And Steed notices, and he grabs his hand. And he talks to him more and more and, like, tells him to wake up. And then underwater Ed is, like, really struggling. And he can hear Steed, and he sees a light in the distance. And from that light comes, like, a mermaid version of Steed, like, and this is happening as real Steed is telling him 
that he's never going to leave him again, Mm -hmm. that he's here, and that Ed is safe. Ed is safe. And these flashing, they're flashing some of, like, the best, um, the most romantic moments between them, where he's, like, picking the thing out of his beard, and he kissed him on the cliff, and they touched, you know, uh, Ed touched his foot, so he's, like, flashing his life flashes before his eyes, but it's yeah. it's the best moments of his relationship with Ed and him saying, so when he first walked in there, he was like, you nut, why'd you have to go and get yourself killed? He's yeah. crying. He said, I messed up. I messed all of this up. I'm so sorry, Ed. And uh, he just keeps saying, I'm sorry. Um, but then when he notices his hand, then he's like, there's hope. Wake yeah. up. Come back to me. Come back. Don't to me. die. Oh I'm here now. I'm here. I'm never going to leave you again. Um, you're yeah. safe. I just, oh. Yeah. And like, I think what really got to me was that like, queer people don't really get fairy tales, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, I think this is the closest I've seen to one. And it just really moved me. Yeah. The mermaid yeah. situation, like yeah, I just the Sleeping Beauty, like it's all yeah. there, you know, like yeah, and his um, so the rope, like actually, so this is all metaphorical, like it's not like oh no, now that you've made the decision and the rock is tied around your waist, like in reality, that would be an issue, but as soon as his desire to not die mm-hmm. is starting to leave him, then the rope unravels around his waist and the rock is no longer there and like it's all very like oh no as long as you make a decision you know you can control what's happening yes oh my god katie thank you so much because that's exactly the point right it's that like hornigold tells him like you decide what you want to do and so even though he was struggling before like he still hadn't quite made the decision to live yeah um but when he hears steed like that again that person is the person that anchors him to his life on yeah. earth. And, yeah. you know, I think like people who experience suicidal ideation will find all kinds of reasons to stay. Sure. Um, and I think it doesn't really matter what it is, right? Like some people stay for their pets. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and, and so I think that it's, it's really, really beautiful to see that in this moment, like Ed is choosing to stay for Steed yeah. because of Steed. Well, I mean, sometimes that's all it takes, right? Like, yeah. Until yeah. you find something else. Just, fi- if you just you find know? something. Yeah. All you have to do is yeah. find that one thing. And like, just like when Archie said um, to Jim, like, I like you, you have hope. Yes. Like, Ed has hope again. Ed had lost yeah. all hope. He said, I don't think anyone's waiting for me. And then he hears Steed's voice and he's like, oh, no, Steed is waiting for me. Like, yes, Steed exactly. Is there. Like, there is somebody oh. waiting for me. Yeah. Mm. oh my god and it is is, beautiful (laughs) this is about right where i tweeted i will never be the same (laughs) (laughs) after watching this for the first time and honestly like the more i watch it like the the more i feel that way i I really feel like this is therapy (laughs) for me it is it is i mean and look like i've been saying like these three episodes would have been enough for me because we've never gotten this much. I know. Like <laughs> we've never gotten this much there. And, and I do know that there's going to come some, some strife where they have to, in reality, actually reconcile and come to terms with what happened. Yes. Uh huh. But it's, it's no longer going to be if it's going to be when. 
Yes, exactly. And that feels great, you know? Yeah. And and it's like uh, all other media, all other shows have always been like, if, if, yeah. and this mm-hmm. is when. I mean, yeah. David Jenkins is even talking about the third season very explicitly that they're together and happy and blah, blah, blah. Like, mm-hmm. this isn't if, it's when. And it's the journey and not the destination. And they're not going to dangle the the chance of the destination over our heads and go, oh, maybe if you earn it, maybe if you're good enough, you know, like, no, yeah. we know where it's going to end. Um, We just want to know how it happens. And it's just, it's beautiful. And they're treating it with such love and care. And I just appreciate it so much. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Same, same, same. It's, um, I haven't felt this way about a TV show in a really long time. <laughs> the last time yeah. it left me broken hearted. <laughs> I know. I know. So, yeah, I'm like, and that's the thing, right? Like for for a few years, and and this really feels like a romantic breakup almost, you know, like where for yeah. so many years after that, like I I just couldn't watch TV the same way, oh, and yeah. now this show is giving me hope, and I'm like, please don't hurt me, like I have put my fragile little heart in your hands. <laughs> well, I'm like the hurt that they're going to administer to us is this hurt. It's the cathartic hurt. Mm. Uh, it's the last two episodes that have hurt because you're watching these people you love go through traumatic experiences, but it's not betraying you. This show is not going to betray us. I would be yeah. shocked to my very core if it did. Yeah, me too. Yeah, same. Yeah, so I just oh, <sighs> I love it so much and I'm so ha- I'm so proud of them and I am shocked that we get as much as we get and it just proves to me that it is possible. Yeah. That studios are allowing these things. Like, what? Yeah, like exactly. Don't the, all these other shows are like, well, the studio would never allow us to do that. Well, look at this one. It's allowing you. Like what so what's your excuse now? Yeah. You just didn't fight sure. hard enough for it. So Yeah, this is the, I I hope that this sets a new standard for how queer stories are so told, too. frankly. Like and and also like stories that involve people with intersections like different intersections of identity because this is Mm -hmm. not like a white queer show you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. this is truly like a show that shows different people at different intersections of identity um in a way that we don't often see on on television and I'm just it that in itself is so beautiful and healing and it feels good yeah and they're being sometimes they're being anachronistic just to um in the in to serve us more diversity and yes. more inclusion and I'm totally mm-hmm. okay with that. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah, fuck whatever up you want. I don't care yeah. about history because history it sucks. sucks. It really does though. <laughs> like, and history is written quote unquote by the winners and oftentimes yeah. like that's not great. So, no. Um, yeah. Katie, do you have any final thoughts? I don't. I just, I don't know where it's going. <laughs> um, I yeah. did, did you watch the trailer for the next episode? I didn't, actually. I didn't even okay. know that there was a trailer for the next episode. Oh, yeah, there um, was. But tell me. Talk to me about it. Tell um, me what you so think. It it's much more lighthearted. We meet Anne Bonnie. Um, it was funny because in the, I think in the main trailer, when um, Steed is when Ed is in their shop and Steed goes, hello, Edward. And he sighs and he says it's his former shipmate or whatever. Um, It was like, that was the first time they ran into each other after their breakup. So that's interesting because it happens. That's what happens in the next couple of episodes. So it's like, 
do they part ways? Do they like what? Like, why did they come upon each other? And he says, hello, Edward. Unless, of course, that was like a clip from the trailer that was like messed with. Mm. That's not actually there, you know, so. I don't know. I guess we'll yeah. see. I'm so ex- I'm actually really excited. I'm also very apprehensive. I'm like, I don't know if I can do another week of like feelings as strong as this. Like I need a bit of a break. <laughs> like usually I do therapy, not every week, but every second week. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> this feels Your like body a is lot. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My body is exhausted. I feel like it was a lot more lighthearted. So I do feel like we're going to get some sort of a break and some sort of like, yes, they're still like mad at each other and like trying to figure this out, but it's, it's going to be done in a funny way. So Mm. yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be as heavy. Okay. Well, that's good. I'm happy to hear that. I'm excited. I cannot wait. Me too. Yeah.
Thank you for visiting the Gentleman Pirates Library. Do please wash your hands before reading. Who knows what kind of dirt you find out on the deck. Please also subscribe and leave us a rating wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on Twitter at Gentleman Pirates. That's the word gentleman, P-I-R, and the number eight. We'll be back with our coverage of book 14. Yay.